What's going on, family? Welcome to another episode of the Fatherhood Village Podcast, the official home for proud fathers and mentors. I am Dale Holloway here with Kev Hick, my brother. We are your TFV host. Kev, what's happening, man? Talk to me. Man, I'm chilling, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. Summer's still here in Alaska. You know, so you're not supposed yeah. to be having summers, man. I'm a little worried about that, bro. Hey, nah, we we get ours, you know, in short spurts, but we get them, you know. So the kids are happy, you know, they get more yeah. than one season here in Alaska. So everything's yeah. good. Everything's on the up and up, man. You know. I think um I think we've been having a really mild experience here too. So it's been it's been like 80, 90, but then we get to 70. And a little rain, so it's been kind of balanced, man. I, I can't really complain about the weather or nothing, man. Yeah, yeah, it, it kind of sounds like you rubbing it in, but um, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy for y'all, man. I'm, I'm glad y'all getting that, you know. Yeah, well, when your dark season happen, you know, that y'all do that 42, 42 days of dark, uh, whatever the hell that is. When it's, your dark season start, and and Anchorage is not really like that. Ah, uh, uh, we just get maybe at the most 18 hours of darkness, which is a lot, but we get a little yeah, daylight. Lot, bro. You got you got a few hours to get something done, you know, but, but nah, uh, but hey, YouTubers, welcome to the show. We uh, have another great episode on the way. We have a special guest this time. Um, Want to give her a, a just do introduction, uh, Jesse Rea. Uh, she hails from San Francisco, California, and uh, see, uh, she's a psychiatric forensic nursing instructor. So, welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be with you guys this evening. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, we brought you on to talk more about what it is that you do and, and how you help uh, particularly men um, with their mental health issues, um, you know, the, 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 the types of steps, um, working forward and, and battling those and, and, um, winning those battles and, uh, you know, enlighten our, and our audience and our viewers about, you know, how, how significant, um, your job, your position is, and, uh, to help, um, a lot of men, a lot of fathers out here that, that really, that really isn't is a need for that. So uh, this is this is important, man. So Kev, if if you want, man, you can give a little mm -hmm. background um, as it is to how you two met and um, how you how you got her on the show, man. I think um, you know, like like meets like, and uh, she's very passionate about mental health, and um, I always attract uh, you know even in my audience and what I do in my life coaching, my dating coaching. My relationship coaching. I always meet people smarter than me, and um, she's one of those people who are much more brilliant than me, but needed my no. opinion on a few things. <laughs> and so um, we've spoken a, a great deal. Uh, we've worked together for a very long time, and I think that she knows a lot about uh, men's mental health. Uh, you know, in particular, uh, you know how men are, are are damaged and how we carry that damage into our lives, our decisions, our relationships, um, and especially uh, even our fatherhood. You know, and so. A lot of times because men don't have the outlet and it's not socially acceptable for us to express ourselves in certain ways, we find other accessory outlets. 
And so um, she she's a, a firsthand witness to some of those accessory outlets that men use, uh, especially working uh, many times in the prison system, right? The penal mm-hmm. system where these guys have, mm-hmm. have fallen victim to their mental health uh, woes and, and lost those battles before they were able to really, you know, shine and, and create opportunities for themselves to have good lives. And so it's really, really important because she's, she's seen the result of people not managing their mental health properly. Um, and she works very closely with those people in many of her uh, job roles. So, you know, without further ado, I'd just like to introduce you guys to, uh, you know, today's uh, special guest. And I guess let, let them know what you what you do. Let them know, uh, you know, where your passion comes from as far as mental health and why you're so interested in making sure that people can get that together. Well, first, thank you and foremost for such a, a lovely introduction um, and for the compliments. You know, I think that you're absolutely brilliant myself. I continue to learn from you all the time. Um, so thank you. Um, secondly, what I do, what I, what I try to do um, is help men, specifically men, that's the population that um, I've drawn to because I feel like society's kind of uh, left them at a disadvantage. You know, everywhere we turn, we see help for women, support for women. Um, and not that there's not any for men, but we don't really give them the support to ask for the support. Um, right. You know, aggression is much more well tolerated in the male community, um, shutting down, being a man, handle it yourself. Um, and that's created um, a, a lot of conflict, internal and external. So um, in my experience, which is just, you know, what I aim to share, um, I've worked in the psych field and as a nurse, Um, And I've worked in the areas of, you know, acute trauma, rehab trauma, psych, um, and forensics. And so the way this applies to today is, you know, we all have a a monster or an ego, right? Um, For me, I don't like to label it as wicked or evil. I like to look at it as kind of like the wounded child, right? We all have that inner kid in us. Um, We all have our issues. It's not to blame. Um, it's all about controlling that. So what I've seen in a lot of these settings is a lot of females will get the help that they can to control and, and, and heal that inner child and men don't. So that looks like, you know, um, acting out in the form of, um, you know, a lot of self-destruction. Um, you know, when I worked at the rehab hospital, a lot of, uh, aggression attempted suicide, attempted homicide, gang gunshots, um, you know, men trying to cope with the stressors of society, um, starting off majorly from trauma, unmet needs, depression. And then as it gets worse, you see it um, acted out in bigger ways, right? Which leads to um, the penal system, um, the, yes, the Department of Corrections, and then eventually forensics, if you don't get the help you need and it gets too far. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, I guess um, I, I just like to ask you then. Um, you know, with that being said, what are the, mm-hmm. the the major unmet needs that that you see men um, suffer from that that gets them, like you said, to the seren- the, the forensic level? Like, what what has happened? What has gone wrong? Uh, what are some of the things that can go wrong to start to trigger that chain of events? That's a really fantastic question. Number one, number two, it's multifaceted. It has a couple of answers. One is trauma. 
Now, usually when I say that, people will say, well, you know, well, what if he wasn't beaten as a kid? What if he wasn't molested as a kid? Well, he's not a refugee. When you actually look at the definition of trauma and how it applies to specifically male men in this situation, it is really defined as anything that makes you question yourself and your ability to function and move forward. So mm-hmm. you can think about what has happened in a man's life that makes him question himself, his masculinity, um, the shame that comes up, the guilt that comes up, you know, mm-hmm. why is substance abuse so prevalent? Substance abuse actually numbs the shame and the guilt centers of the brain. So, so many of us are struggling with that and men are just supposed to just, you know, stick through it. Um, and so again, when I say trauma, I'm referring to, you know, was mom present? Was mom abusive? Was mom violent? Um, was dad present? Was dad abusive? Was dad violent? Um, you know, we, a lot of us have referred to the fatherless generation, the Peter Pan syndrome, a lot of missing fathers. Um, and I'm sorry, uh, every, every time somebody say Peter Pan syndrome, I imagine a grown ass man dressed like this. So I, my bad. No, that's okay. <laughs> to you. Um, it's, it's okay. Fun, um, it's, it, it's a good metaphor, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're, we're looking at how that leads to faulty ways to get needs met, right? So yeah. the answer to the first part of your question is trauma, which we defined, mm-hmm. which leads to unmet needs. Um, because if you have a history of trauma and you haven't resolved it, then you're making crappy plans as a man, right? So you're not really getting your needs met and then you don't know how to get those needs met. So you keep making more poor decisions, which leads to depression, anger, rage, failed relationships, and then eventually desperate attempts that we see suicide, homicide, you know, um, theft, things like that. Um, and I know they sure probably got some questions too, but I, I, you mentioned failed relationships. I think that Mm -hmm. that's a huge one. In my profession, uh, and if you can call it that, I, I witnessed the, the result of a man's trauma as, a, as implicated in all of the decisions he makes in these failed relationships and the women who then absorb the trauma in their person right. and then become the, the traumatic uh, effect of his, mm-hmm. his, of his trauma. So for me, um, what are some of the manifestations of that trauma as it pertains to how a man might approach fatherhood or as, how a man might approach a marriage or a relationship? What are some of the things that you've seen and witnessed in, in your profession and in your career uh, that we could even look for in ourselves and, and some things that we can check ourselves about? Because it starts small, but those things ultimately snowball. You know, um, if I have unmet needs, if I have trauma, if I have these ills in my life, how could I affect my family in a negative way, perpetuating yet another cycle of trauma in someone else not even knowing it? Okay, that's another great question. So the first thing that's important to understand, at least in my experience, is children don't have the ability to understand, oh, this is his issue, it's not mine. This is daddy's issue. It's not mine. This is mommy's issue. So what we do as kids is we say, oh my God, it must be my fault. You internalize everything. So there's an early onset of shame and guilt and it's already my fault. So you already have that pathway laid. Two, it also depends on was mom present? How was she present? You know, was mom checked out? can I bond with mom? Was I able to bond with mom? So if I'm a man or I'm a boy and I'm growing up and I'm able to bond with my mother and she shows me a successful bond, i.e. she shows me 
women are safe. I can come to mom with my issues. I can come cry to mom. I can come laugh with mom. Mom can hug me. I can form a safe bond. Then I learn to be attracted to safe women. I learned mm-hmm. that love is showing emotion in a safe way. I learn it in a healthy way, right? Yeah. Let's say mom is super struggling. Okay. Mom is choosing men that are abusive because of her history. Again, we're not going down blame here. We're going down um, explanation, not excuse. So let's say mm-hmm. mom's choosing for a man. Mom's not available. I can't bond to mom. Mom's not safe. So I learn to be aroused by dysfunction. I learn mm-hmm. to be turned on by dysfunction because your relationship with your opposite sex, um, your significant other being a straight male is set up by your relationship or bond with that mother, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's healthy, hallelujah, let's celebrate. Because as I get older, it doesn't mean I'm not going to have problems with women, but I'm not going to be stirring chaos. I'm not going to be starting drama. I'm not going to be, you know, as emotionally, physically abusive as I would Mm -hmm. be. Um, If it is dysfunctional, I will seek to act it out over and over again with my significant other because not because I'm just trying to be vindictive, not because I'm trying to be a pain. I'm trying to be difficult, which, which is how women can read it. Right. And then their defense mechanisms start in and then we have a big crap show. Right. But the reason I'm doing this as a man is because I learned along the way, women aren't safe. So I can't, be vulnerable with you. It's not that I don't want to, but I can't be vulnerable. I can't bring my issues to you. Now, can that change? Absolutely. Can that person form healthy relationships? Absolutely. But that's what it looks like. That's the presentation it has in the beginning when there's no healthy interference. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's look at the father side. So let's say dad's not present. Okay. Um, or dad is present and he's either emotionally absent, maybe physically abusive, mentally abusive, right? A woman really can't teach a man how to be a man. You guys would know better than me, right? Yeah. 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 That's not, that's not a thing. It it can be done, but it's not to be done. And And it can't be done as well as a man can do it, unfortunately. So Right. And a lot of single mothers feel inept and they just don't understand that 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 void is there by a man, you know, that that father figure has to fill it. So let's say the father figure is not there. How does this man learn to become a man? How does this man learn what leading is? How does this man learn what, you know, protecting, providing is? A woman can do a good job of that to a certain extent, but the man is absent. So what that can manifest as and, um, you know, if, if the, the father was lacking is a man's inability to make a plan, okay, with a female in a relationship, a man's inability to step up and believe in himself and know that he can do it. So the yeah. woman is thinking, you know, oh, he doesn't want me like I'm doing something wrong. Or maybe if I just did this one in reality, it's literally because that inner child doesn't know how he needs help. Now, if dad is present, hallelujah, let's celebrate. You'll see a man that can make a plan, can step up, believe in himself when he falls down or shit hits the fan. That little boy is able to say, hey, you know what? That sucked. I got this. Keep moving. He's able to lead his son. But when the man is not present, there has to be 
some sort of help or support to run interference in order for that to develop. Right. I think um, I'm, I'm a beneficiary of uh, that exact concept because my father wasn't, I don't, I've never looked at my father's face, right? All oh, I wow. know is I look just like him. I look just like him. Like as, uh, strangers have approached me and be like, hey, Rem is your dad, isn't he? Like, that's what they tell me, dude. I don't know. Oh, wow. Right? <laughs> that's how much I look like my dad. But I can say uh, while he was out and I was watching my mom who was, uh, who had a, very traumatic, you know, upbringing, childhood, you know, first marriage. I mean, she's experienced everything. I saw, so I, I watched, I watched her. Um, I can say that even though I didn't have my father, I did have my brothers and my brothers were so much older than me uh, that they, they stepped in and I watched them for leadership. I watched them for masculinity. I watched yeah, them for perfect. manhood. You know, and they were mm -hmm. seven, nine, and 12 years older than me. So to me, they felt like adults. I thought, you know, when you're a kid, everybody four years older than you feels like an adult. So, True. And, and they were, I mean, they were, they were living on their own. But when my, when my shoes had holes in them and my mom couldn't afford to buy me shoes, my big brother told me, hey, man, you call me if you need some shoes, you know, and I seen that. And that made me more dependable because in hindsight, I wanted to be just like my brothers. My brothers handled shit when they needed to be handled. So I became that type of man because I admired it. I had to see it. Most people would see that from their fathers, but I saw it from my brothers. So I was I was fortunate in that way that I had three big brothers to look up to instead of one father. And so my trauma may have been averted because of that, but there's far too many people who didn't get that opportunity, who didn't have big brothers, who either had the wherewithal, the awareness, the knowledge, the wisdom, the understanding, or the ability to show them the leadership that was lacking from their father. That's a really great point because I'm a te I, I can t attest to that being very true. No, that's I'm so glad you had them. That um, helps me understand why you're such a strong male figure too. Um, and you can see how men who don't have that, you can see how in relationships, women can perceive it as he's just stopped trying. He doesn't care. He won't respond. He won't even talk. He goes into the cave. Like he's given up. He's cheating. When in reality, that man is literally frozen. He has no mm -hmm. clue how to proceed. So it's a whole lot easier to be like, I don't want to hear her mouth. I want to come home. I want to smoke a joint. Maybe I'll just, you know, play on some Instagram, like these pictures. I don't want to deal with it, call it a day because he'd have to believe in himself, which he can't do. And then two, he'd have to make a plan, which he's terrified to do because he doesn't know how to do it. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah, right there. So one, one question I had was how, how does the referral system work? So I guess another half of that question would be how are men typically or most commonly funneled to you? Uh, is it by phone call? Is it by self-admission? Is it other agencies? For, go ahead. I, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, that was pretty much the end of the that question. Like, how, how, do they, how do they find you? Because um, I, I kind of wanted to lead into what are some of the best ways to help encourage men to be more emotionally uh, available uh, for help? where to find these, these resources and, and uh, agencies that can get them the right help or refer them to uh, the right professional. Okay, so to um, your first question, you know, I work for the state. So um, by the time I see any of uh, like inmates that I've worked with or patients, they've gone through the system and they've been through the system for a while. 
Um, and I personally don't believe that, that anyone's a lost cause. You know, I'm a, I'm a very humanistic person um, that may be too optimistic, but I truly believe that no matter how old somebody is, if they really want to change, um, you know, it may be a little harder, but they can. But by the time that I see them, they've been through the system. Um, and the only thing that makes them different, you know, again, is that they're not wicked or evil or must be destroyed or they've done, you know, such horrendous things. It's that these individuals have functioned with either not enough support, not letting people help them, which was a huge one, right? Serious substance abuse issues. Um, you know, that's what we see, especially right now, because everybody's stressed out of their mind, right? Um, mm -hmm. COVID, jobs, you know, relationships, people are stuck home with each other because they're not working, children. Um, so, you know, these people are, have been pushed to the brink where they've just reach their threshold. So whether it's crime after crime, a lifetime of drug use, no support, but it, my point is that it doesn't have to get there. There yeah. are these baby steps where when, you know, men are to the point with their spouse where they're so disconnected, they can't connect with them. They can't connect with anybody from work. Maybe, you know, they just want to smoke weed all day, drink when they get home. It's just, it's literally just surviving and not thriving. And no one wants to live like that. There's no fulfillment, you know? Um, there's no fulfillment in jerking off to porn every other night. I think any man would tell you that there's temporal pleasure. You don't have to deal with the woman's mouth sitting next to you. You don't have to fight and argue, but are you truly happy? Probably not. Um, you know, there's not a lot of connection with children. Um, so there's the second, um, answer to your question is there are ways to get help with that. You know, I'm a huge advocate and it's not really sought after in the male community, um, right. of, you know, any form of counseling, um, you know, therapy, counseling, uh, support groups. Um, and then if you are in a relationship with your significant other, um, you know, whether it be marital counseling or just, uh, even a dating coach, communication counseling, I think men are also as women are sometimes you hear a lot, um, they're scared to go because they don't want to be diagnosed. Yeah. Um, you know, no, number one, I don't diagnose that's, that's out of my scope, but two, um, diagnosis is not needed. It's just simply faith, the, the removal of the fears, facing the fears, um, what's going on, talking about it, which is not, again, um, supported in the male community. You, you know, the word diagnosis, immediately when you said that, the word weak flash into my mind, mm -hmm. right? Because even though, even right. though, you know, I, I'm, I like to believe that I'm a man who's evolved and I, I, it's all bullshit. Like we, we all have something, right? And I, I acknowledge that even in myself. Like I laugh, as soon as we say Peter Pan syndrome, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm genuinely, I think that's funny as hell. But I've known men mm -hmm. that were in that stage. And when I see them, I laugh because I imagine them literally dressed like that old ass Peter Pan on that hook movie. You remember when, it, when he yeah, was back into Robin, Robin yeah. Williams yeah. and he was Absolutely. acting like Peter Pan. And I'm like, yeah. that's how it, rem but like for me, um, immediately when, when you say th they don't want to be diagnosed, the word weak just flashes into my mind, right? Mm -hmm. Subconsciously. I'm not even present with that thought. It's just weak. And I'm not saying, I don't believe in my conscious mind that a man is weak for being diagnosed, but the weakness is the fear. The fear is that yes. you'll diagnose me with weakness, right? And no man wants right. to feel that way because when you give me a diagnosis, now I'm stuck with that. Oh, man, you know, I, and I come down with weak. 
I'm, I, they diagnosed me with weak ass man. I don't know what to right. do now. I guess I'm, I guess <laughs> yeah. I'm as, right. I guess I'm as worthless as I believed I was in my heart. I guess I guess I, I've become the fear of myself, right? And that mm-hmm. no one wants that to be confirmed by anybody. Everyone has insecurities, but no one wants their insecurities confirmed in a medical statement. So mm-hmm. men right. run like hell away from doctors and 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 people who can give them the mm-hmm. psychiatric psychiatric or mental health they need because they don't want their fears and their um, and their anxieties about themselves confirmed. Um, and to a, to a, to a bigger degree, uh, it happens with men because again, society makes a room for a woman's vulnerability. It's expected to a degree uh, in, in a larger sense than it would ever even be accepted for a man mm-hmm. to openly have a weak moment or openly uh, be, be in the weak phase of his life, be in a weakened uh, place. So um, that's a very, very uh, interesting point because immediately, even in my, you know, awareness of these things, my subconscious mind was like, weak. Mm-hmm. can you get diagnosed with that shit? Fuck that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, um, you know, and you know what we should do uh, before we air this, we'll, we'll drop a link in the list of all of the different uh, types of mental health uh, help and, yes. and resources for men. That yes. way, when they come yeah. watch the video and they come listen to the podcast, um, whatever resources especially on the national level that could link them into their networks because there's networks in ohio there's networks in you know even alaska yes. there's networks mm-hmm. in california but those networks may be local but there's also a, a national network that can plug you into wherever you have to go in that way um you know it, it doesn't just it limit itself to uh, jesse's network or, or whoever else's network so let's do that there, and there's one more thing i wanted to add to that too you know that the ways outside of that, um, I think there's two things. One, um, in relationships, I don't think, and you guys are men, you can, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Men are not taught that their needs matter in a relationship. You know, if I hear that term, happy wife, happy life, one more time, I hate that term because it teaches men to sacrifice. It teaches men to just give her what she wants. So I don't got to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll do my part. I can get this or get that. It's like, it, you know, it makes a relationship a business exchange um, because that's a lot of the bullshit that men have been fed. You know, look at Disney movies, look at the other, the, you know, the, the, love, the love stories. Um, so I think one of the things is men learning, number one, to make a plan, but make a plan also that includes their needs. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, how many times have you heard a man, you know, tell his woman, say, hey, I want to do this or blah, blah, blah. The man immediately without even thinking, I'll be like, all right, fine. This time at this day, like you said, mm-hmm. not even thinking, wait, yo, I was supposed to play golf. I was supposed to watch a game with the boys, but whatever, you know? Yeah, so, fuck it. Mm-hmm. right, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's gotta go because that sacrifice, you keep sacrificing like that. No man's going to keep an erection long-term if they keep doing that for a woman. Because it's going to be towards the end, it's going to be, you know what, I've done this for her. I've done this for her. I've done this for her. And then the woman's like, damn, you don't want to have sex anymore. He's not attracted to me. It's got nothing to do with that. Things get mixed up and it's because he keeps sacrificing. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that's a very, very uh, important point. Uh, a man's self neglect is often romanticized in society right. and in media. Exactly. And, and throughout our, our whole lives, women are are conditioned to be married, to be a princess, to be exalted, yep. and men are conditioned to self-sacrifice or neglect themselves yes. and, and, and abandon their own needs. And, and, and mm-hmm. that makes it manhood, right? The endurance, mm-hmm. the, the, the long suffering, 
uh, that makes it mighty. That makes it manhood. And and I know I, I suffer from that myself. Uh, you know, kids, wife, like everybody will get it's it a lot. It's I a lot to it. balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot mm-hmm. to balance. And and know? that balance looks different for everyone. You know what I mean? It's not really, you know, a cookie cutter type of situation. It's it's Correct. gonna look different depending on you know whose whose life it is. So yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think, um, uh, you know, you, Deshar, and me, we pride ourselves on being great men, right? And and Deshar is one of the greatest men I've ever known, right? Uh, Likewise, bro. And, uh, man, I love you. And even with Deshar being as great as he is, Deshar has fears about passing whatever weakness in him lives whatever lives in him into his kids through his own trauma and not managing his shit. And I have the same fears every day. I second guess or, or, or double check or just try to figure out if I'm making, I'm, I'm not giving my son some handicap that he's going to have to overcome in time. Right. We, we didn't get to the forensic level. So you, I, I never meet you in the field and I am glad. If I met you in the field, somebody has thrown shit at me and, or I'm about to throw shit at somebody. Like it'd be different <laughs> where, you, where you coming right, from. So right. I, but just because I'm not, um, you know, in a broken phase of my life or, or because we thrive as men, uh, Deshar is an air force, uh, active air force, um, uh, man of honor. Um, you, oh, you know, and thank I you like for to, serving. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I like to pride myself on being the greatest person ever for a plethora of different reasons. I'm up my own ass. <laughs> Even so. <laughs> As you should be sometimes. My, yeah. I want my sons to be great. I want my sons to be great and only, only have to overcome their own natural shit, right? Nature versus nurture, right? Half of what you mm-hmm. are is n- nature. Half of what you are was nurtured into you or right. poisoned into mm-hmm. you. I just want him to deal with his own shit. I don't want him to have to sort out mine. So um, what are some things that the guy can do to just make sure that, you know, if he feels like he's A-OK, if he, you know, is out of the red zone or prison system or, you know, his credit's OK, his job's OK, he makes good enough money. What are just some habits, patterns and practices, some behavioral uh, uh, shit that he can do to just make sure that he's either not pouring whatever is in him onto someone else or um you know what are some self checks that that we can do and i'm not even sure if that's a thing i just i'm always no, worried about not double checking my own shit and then and then my son be like yeah man my, when i was a little kid my dad did this and that's why i'm fucked up like i don't i don't want that like, that's well, fearsome i think the first part is understanding that none of us are you know perfect you're human so as a dad, you're going to screw up. So I think to have that acceptance is key. Um, number two, my experience, the greatest way, especially when it comes to your sons, to make sure that, you know, they really only have to deal with the majority of their stuff is quite simple. And to making sure as a father, your own needs are met because mm-hmm. children are innately groomed to, what is the word? Um, pick up on intuitively know when their parent is struggling and and just jump in and fill that void that happens in utero babies will sense where the mother is sick and send out stem cells it's the same thing when they are in human form in children if your son senses daddy's not happy daddy's not happy for x y and z he's not going to know why 
but he's going to be extra tentative to you. He's going to be extra on top of you and not so much into his own needs and what he's doing. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I the think, more um, that, go ahead. Well, continue. You're on to something, but you just confirmed uh, something that's very common. Um, very much so. So two things happen. One, if you are in, and it, it also is sad because people a lot of times don't have the motivation to get their needs met because they don't feel on some level that they should or they're good enough or they're not consistent, right? But when they find mm -hmm. out that their child is failing in school or their child's struggling and then they find out later it's because that child is so hyper-focused on that parent because that parent's struggling and that child has kicked in almost codependent to take care of the parent, then the parent's like, oh God. I need to remedy that. And again, it's not about blame. It's about awareness. But I bring that back yeah. to if as a man, you're getting your own needs met, which makes you step up into your own power, which makes you make a plan, which makes you take care of yourself. You free up your son. Your son is free mm -hmm. now to go play and be your son. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, yeah. He creates emotional space for himself. Yeah. By not needing to fill gaps and, and use energy for me or whoever his father might be. I think that is dope. I think yeah. uh, and you confirmed a very interesting uh, occurrence that happens in my house. And, um, it, you know, not too often, but it does happen every once in a while. If I'm a little tired, I'm a little run down. And this has just been a season for that. Uh, we just sold a house. We're building a house. Uh, everything's the basement is completely done and uh, plumbed and now we're just waiting for framing but we I did a lot of renovation work on the house we just so and we that was like a month and a half two months of just me working my ass off you know burning a candle at every end right and um, mm -hmm. my son started doing this uh, this thing where I would come in the house and he always just gives me a lot of love and a lot of uh, support. As soon as I hit the door, he, hey, daddy, daddy, he always runs across the room. He's always happy to see me. Always hug him, pick him up. He's getting so damn big that that's becoming more and more difficult. And I haven't, <laughs> haven't worked out since COVID. So picking his ass up is a little bit more challenging than it used to be. And so um, mm -hmm. I need to get my, need to put my muscles back on. I'm going to the gym tomorrow. I almost uh, cut this weak man shit out, but uh, more toxic, pro more toxic yeah. programming. No, it's okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> So, but, but my son, he, um, when, when he sees that I'm particularly, uh, run down, he'll, he'll come up and he'll say, uh, you know, dad, and he's seven and he, he just turned seven a couple of weeks ago. He say, I'm really proud of you. And he's, 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 he's mirroring me. Cause I tell him every day, you know, I, I make sure I don't link, you know, who he is or what he believes about himself to him being good at something. I acknowledge when he's good at stuff, but I always let him know, hey, good or bad, I, you know, daddy loves you. I'm always proud. You know, you could have sucked yeah, today. Yeah, that's so I just, cool. I, you know, it's okay to cry. It's not okay to quit. I don't care if you you suck at something. I just don't want you to quit on yourself. You know, you you are right. I, I give him that. So he uses my verbiage, but he comes up to me. He says, uh, dad, you know, I'm really proud of you. And I always, I always, when I tell him I'm proud of him, I list, I list why, right, as positive reinforcement to acknowledge the things he's doing. I would say, well, yeah, I'm proud of you. You were a very good big brother today. You listened to mommy. You did this, this, and this. Uh, I'm really proud of you. And you're just a great son. And I'm always proud to have you around. And I, and I love you. And he's and he said, oh, you know, he's thank you. And usually he, he'll either stop and, and mirror me and give me something back or randomly he'll do this. Like when I'm, when I'm particularly run down, I'm taking too long for this story. He'll come up and he'll say, daddy, mm -hmm. I'm really proud of you. 
and Aww. he's still he's he, he's still in speech therapy so he mixes his words around sometimes which makes it even cuter uh and he but he says uh you've been working really hard to get us a house and to get mommy a house and me and Riley our own rooms because he has a share wow. room with his brother now wow. in our temporaries and he lists all the things that I work for like every day these are the things that 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 I'm building a legacy on and he lists these things and I don't know how he intuitively goes right to these things that that are my whole my whole legacy being built in front of me and it's like he goes right to those things and he acknowledges those things like if another guy was like hey you know what a man really needs to hear he needs to hear these 10 things. He'll say every one of those. And, and it's all, and it's usually just about the man shit that I do that most of the time is not really looked at or, you know, maybe even not acknowledged sometimes in most homes. It's easy to go around our gender roles or our, or our yes. relationship roles in, in the home, not even our, our household roles, not even our gender roles. But he always acknowledges our, our home roles. He does that with his mom too. I'm really That's thankful cute. that you cooked me. I'm really thankful that you cooked me food today, mommy. Blah blah blah. But when he tells me about how he's grateful that I'm buying him a house and, and and all this stuff, it's just like it's really touching. But I don't want him to have to feel like oh I got to lift daddy up, right? So while I'm proud of it, I it it does kind of like oh I got to shake that shit off. I can't be in here looking like I obviously <laughs> like I obviously need that. <laughs> I want him to feel. I want to feel mighty. And, you know, I, I want to feel like I'm good. And I think that he's mirroring me because we, we are very affectionate in his house. We love a lot. We kiss a lot. We hug very a lot. Very yeah. 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 And he's being what he's, what he's received, but also mm -hmm. I don't want to steal his energy. Uh, I want him to just focus on his own shit. Now, I, I will say he has a lot of space to share because he plays some pretty bullshit kid games. Uh, Hello, neighbor. Uh, that's a stupid ass <laughs> game. Um, and he is, you know, he's it's some stupid shit out here for kids. So he, he could be doing other shit that's less uh, valuable, but I don't want him to still be giving the value and, and the energy that he has and making sure that I'm fine because he worries about me because that was my childhood worrying about my mom, you know, so I don't obviously we're worlds apart from that. But that's a very good point that you mentioned about um, just just taking the pressure off yourself by feeding your own needs so that your kids don't intrinsically and um, empathically try to fill those voids and take on that responsibility stealing from themselves. Amazing point. Well, for him to be even, you know, regurgitating that to you is really cool. It speaks to your like phenomenal parenting, to be honest. So I would feel good yeah. about that. Um, yes, sir. But the, the point that, that I really want to drive with people is, you know, it, it really gives people a motivation to get their needs met because we're all real big on, I just got home. I'm not going to do it. You know, like I'll, I can get that massage next week or I can, I can put that money towards the car, you know, like, and I think again, men are really big at doing that. But when you break it down to what and who is going to be affected, if I don't get my needs met, then it, there's a greater motivation to not put right. your needs on the back burner. Yeah. Right. And I, I think, I think, just real quick, quick Kev. <laughs> Say it quick. Are you good? Kev. Um, <laughs> so I think at the same time, we have to be realistic with um, how we balance our emotions because mm -hmm. that's the humanistic side. We have to make sure that's exemplified at the same time to our, our youth, our children that, hey, we, we go through some struggles. Mm -hmm. Great that point. goes Absolutely. through a lot to to provide for you. And though I'm willing to and willing and able, there's there's some things that I still have to consequently deal with. Um, and mm -hmm. I think 
at at this very impressionable stage in their life, I think we can, you know, filter some of that and let them know like, hey, daddy's tired. I had to, woo, woo, you know, um, but tomorrow I'm going to make sure we do A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. Or if you see that mommy's going through something, hey, let's try to do this for mommy or whatever. So he can kind of see the symptoms mm-hmm. and the signs and like, okay, how can we counteract that? How can we, you know, move forward and, 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 you know, put a smile on mommy or daddy's face or, you know, cause they see what you do for them. It's like, okay, all right, let me, let me return that. And I, my kids do the same thing. They, they try to surprise me with things, know that my, Aww. you know, interests are here and there and, you know, or they draw a picture that, cause they know I'm an artist. Look, daddy, look what I draw, you know, and stuff like that. So I think if yeah. we keep that, that, that circle going, yeah. you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's our, our time is coming when, when things just come to a screeching halt and we like, oh my God, like, but like you said, you don't want to feel as though you need the help. You just trying to figure it out yourself yeah, yeah. because just as men, that's what balance. we do. We, we, we try to find yeah. a, you know, the solution and like, all right, you know, let me, okay, let me try this way. And, you know, and sometimes we try to reinvent the wheel when honestly, sometimes if just making a phone call to someone like yourself, Jesse, um, and just like I said, getting some confirmation, getting, you know, just, just venting out uh, some things that have been on your mind. And like I said, maybe sometimes you want to keep things private. Maybe you had a discussion with the wife and ah, that didn't go as well as I thought it would. Let me have something or at least let the wife know, hey, let me, you know, get, get some help over here. Let me let me see what kind of game plan I can I can form over here to kind of better better assert myself in the home. Because like I said, there's so many things pull at us like at work. Um, you know, things, things that we see on the news, you know, the whole COVID situation. So, um, but yeah, I, I just, I just want to wrap up with, with what I was saying with that, um, and, and letting the kids know that, you know, it's, it's challenging, it's difficulty and then let them know, Hey, when you have, you know, trouble at school or you, you can't figure this homework stuff out, you know what I'm saying? Let them know how we could, you know, better, you know, uh, uh, you know, kind of damage control because sometimes they shut down just like we, I mean, it's human, you know what I'm saying? It's like we do. So that's, that's what I wanted to say about that. That's a really good point. Um, I think because our, our kids, uh, Deshaun has very young kids too. I think, uh, what you five and five and three or five and five and four. Yeah. So Charday will be six in a couple of weeks. Um, and then, uh, my son, he's three, he'll be four in November. Oh, cute. So, like everything is an opportunity and a teachable moment, and why you don't want to force everything, you know, to be a teachable moment. You want to, you know, give them that space to just develop, and <clears throat> but you still want to take advantage of the opportunity to build this emotional intelligence. So it is about a fine balance. Uh, you know, there's there's this quote, and I say this quote a lot. <clears throat> um, excuse me. Uh, you know, weak men create hard times, hard times create strong men, strong men create easy times, and easy times create weak men. Wow. So that's a that's that's so scary because I'm a strong man. Deshaun's a strong man. My friend Jesse White, he's a strong man. And it we we have to allow challenge to happen, but we don't want the challenge to be to overcome our bullshit. We want the challenge to be the shit that would naturally occur in, in our sons as they grow into men to conquer themselves and be the biggest, biggest, best, strongest version of themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, I, sometimes we can sterilize our environment by trying too hard. 
uh, and not see, especially when we're neglecting ourselves, we sterilize his environment, creating a weaker man. And then we create a, a, a more miserable experience for ourselves with the neglect, right? Like, so too, a damage can be done, uh, I mm-hmm. think being hypersensitive in either way, but I think this has just been a very valuable conversation. I appreciate you for uh, showing up and giving us some game today. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, you know, lastly, the when you talked about, you, you use the term weak man a lot, which lets me think, you know, that's that, that goes through a lot of men's minds, um, you know, and that's, I think, the basis for so many of the superhero movies, you know, um, mm-hmm. just to be, you know, greater than human when that's one of the biggest things I think that is, you know, men struggle with these days is the responsibility of sexuality these days. Like, what does that look like, especially with such strong women? What does leading, um, protecting, providing, like, what does that look like? But the, the reason I'm saying this is to piggyback off what you said is it looks exactly like what you guys are doing is it looks, it's, it's effort. It's trying. Like you look at the superhero video, the movies look it's it's perseverance it's grit it's tenacity it's showing up it's making a plan if your plan sucks and you lose you lose one of your 18 lives or you lose your armor or you shape shift into something else cool you keep moving that's masculinity so masculinity these days a lot of people think is i used to too you know for a longest time um aggression starting fights whooping somebody's ass being the alpha male when really the alpha is like what you're doing with your son, you know, you're teaching, yeah. there's effort, you're showing up. Um, he's my, you know, he's mirroring you. Um, you know, when you, you talk to your significant other or your wife and she brings her needs to you, you know, a lot of men will shut down. They'll see a woman bringing their needs to them as bitching, being needy, clingy, and a woman will feel shame and she'll shut down. So you've seen that dance or probably maybe lived it a few times, right? So it's looking at masculinity as in not being the head of the household and shutting her down, but learning to translate a woman's needs or what is she saying when she comes to you and she's maybe she's bitching, maybe she's mad, maybe she's brought something to you 15 times. It's learning to translate. What is she saying? So the last part that I bring up that I think is so super important is how to step out of the male guilt. You guys know what I'm talking about? The male mm-hmm. guilt that shuts you down and makes you completely immobile and just stop trying. Yeah. Yeah. So it's essentially, can you be, can you be responsible and accountable and lose the guilt? That's the goal. Gotcha. Yeah. Shit. I'm. I'm. I think. Uh, I, I just try. I try to outwork the guilt. Uh, you know, so so far I'm good. I'm in front of that bitch. I'm looking back at that. Girl. So I ain't got I ain't got nothing to feel guilty for. I think as long as you know, I'm just 100 dedicated to being everything that you know I I can be for my family. But I also understand that this is my time too, right? And I think that that's mm-hmm. what's missed, and that's what yeah. that's that guilt when you stop when you when when you forget that this is also your life, right? Like. Yes. I'm not dead just raising a son. I'm I'm Kev. Like Kev, I got I got years right, out here. I'm still gonna be hot shit out here for you know the next, I mean? least next 25 <laughs> years. So, you know, I still have to be be everything that I want it to be. And I, I still I can't lose sight of that. And I think that too often, you know, the guilt causes us to shut everything that that we thought we wanted to be down and we be what is needed of us. So we be what 
uh, is expected of us, and you know, that might be a completely different individual. So um, that's definitely something I've been aware of. And I think that we, me and even Deshari talked about that a while ago. So that's a really good point. Yeah. One, one question for you, Jesse, probably just to wrap things up. What mm-hmm. helps motivate you? Because, I mean, you getting up every day doing this day in and day out. Like, what helps reinvigorate you, um, you know, after sometimes, you know, taking such a toll and wear on you and make things difficult? And then sometimes problems that are um, given to you and, you know, how do you keep that kind of, either at work or compartmentalize that without, like I said, attacking other folks and, and uh, you know, projecting things on others and, and things of that nature. How do you, how do you deal with that? That's a, that's a really beautiful question. Um, thank you. I, you know, I have my moments where um, I, sometimes I do it right and sometimes I don't. Um, so the, the way that I try to deal with it is I hold myself accountable. You know, I have, um, I've, I say in therapy, I have people to help keep me accountable. Um, Kevin's great at help keeping me accountable. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I try to keep my purpose in check. You know, I wake up every day. Am I doing what I love? Am I getting my needs met? Um, am I helping the, you know, the totality of the people that, I, that I've, you know, devoted my life to? Um, how am I suiting up? How am I showing up? So I really try to, you know, again, wake up every day, look at my purpose. Um, and I, I think it's twofold. You know, whenever we work with other humans, I think it's an exchange. I don't always see it as me going to work to just specifically help them, you know, there's been plenty of days where that's been reciprocated. You know, they've, they've turned around and given me guidance, whether it was solicited or not, or they've given me wisdom um, because it's, and it's, it's an exchange between two human beings. So that's what I, I try to look at it as. And then the days where, you know, the times I don't get my needs met and me personally, um, if I overwork or if I, you know, my personal hell is I, I can run anxious and I'll, and I'll, I'll blame myself. I'll internalize something, whether it be something gone wrong with a man or something gone wrong. I think I didn't do enough for a certain patient or a family member. Um, you know, I'll bring it to someone and try to hold myself accountable and, you know, and fix it. So it's just, it's more of a matter of the days I do it right. Um, I celebrate, I celebrate the connection, the days that I don't get it right. Um, I try to leave the guilt at the door and just sit, you know, suit up, stand up. Do I need to apologize to somebody? Apologize, accept accountability. Do I need to to change something, go a different direction, get the support I need to change and go a different direction. So um, that's pretty much it. That's awesome. And you just brought uh, an idea to me by explaining that is a support system. I don't think enough of us have like a fortified support system that could that can reinforce a lot of things, like you said, accountability. Um, someone to call you out on your bullshit, like, "Hey, dog, nah, that you wrong." Oh, dang, like for real? Yeah, yeah, that was wrong. You know, um, you know, obviously trustworthy people, and um, right, and 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 also uh, those that they're in your corner for help, encouragement, real support, you know, um, guidance. Um, and also people to just put a smile on your face, um, for you to feel good, for you to feel happy, laugh with, 
because we need all those things. And sometimes um, at home, it's, it's not always that season, you know? So, no. um, you know, just having, you know, several different outlets um, for everybody in the home, you know what I mean? It's definitely important, but obviously more exclusively for, for men in, in this conversation, but yeah. You, you actually sum that up beautifully because if I could say, you know, but the one major point from this, anybody takes from this is you have to have support. You know, women have a lot of support. They have access to support. Men, I don't think are really taught to utilize it or what it even looks like, you know? Um, but it's, it's not a, it's not an option. It's a requirement, you know? And one of my favorite things Tupac said is, you know, people who were raised on survival see the world differently than people who are raised on love, you Absolutely. know? So I want to help people raised on survival come back and get some of that love perspective too. That's part of the goal here, but you have to have support. You can't be afraid and stay on the other side of the fence. You got to let people in. So as a man, you guys have, you know, first access to helping other men with that. Um, so you saying that's actually perfect. And that's Thanks. what this is about. This is a fatherhood mm -hmm. village. It's about support and supporting young men, supporting young fathers, supporting mm -hmm. each other, holding each other accountable, checking ourselves. That's what this is about. We're just trying to build a community of support for one another because it's just not a lot in there in, in our community. That's right. Correct. That's right. Hey, this this was a fun show. Very exciting mm -hmm. show. Uh, like I said, we were glad uh, you accepted the uh, invite. Oh, and, thanks uh, for having me. This was fun. Absolute pleasure. It was. We'll have to probably do this again if you're up for it. I would love I to. Cool, cool. Okay. Yeah. Appreciate you making me look good out here, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she put you on, you. man. So I'm gonna tap into my network. Let me see what I can, you know, I can tap into my network. Now I look like I a think, superstar out here. I'm with you. Uh, you make yourself look good. You do a good enough job on that. I appreciate you. Awesome. You're awesome. Well, that wraps up our show for this episode. Again, we have descriptions on the resources uh, pertaining to this topic. Um, we'll have those below. Uh, reach us on social media. Just search the Fatherhood Village and email us for other inquiries, the Fatherhood Village at Gmail. All right. So without further ado, I'm Dale Holloway. That's Kev Hick. Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs>